row number one. Where about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast, where HIPAA and humor collide to make learning fun. Your delightful hosts are Donna Grindle and David Sims. Relax, HIPAA help is on the way. Hello, this is Rocio Baeza from the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast, and you are listening to Help Me With HIPAA. Thank you for that intro. My name is David Sims of Security First IT and HIPAA for MSPs, and joining me as always is Donna Grendel of Carden. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, my friend David. How you be? Hanging in there. You know, got a lot going on, a lot of challenges in life. Life can sometimes kick you right in the teeth. <laughs> Yeah, I say that, but it's usually. Not yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, I kind of pause just to let everybody know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually having that conversation with one of my sons here recently. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's when you're a parent, part of you is like, um, sorry, things kind of suck. And the other part of you is like, I told you, welcome to the real world. Suck it up. <laughs> true that. True that. It, it yeah. is, you know. And it doesn't get any easier at all as you get older. There's just different challenges. So, yep. yeah, but that's true. You know, we move forward as we do. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, by the way, I haven't told you this, but I got another comment about our 200th episode. And, you know, we thought we would get feedback because we thought we were funny <laughs> with our 200th episode of We're Shutting It Down, Business is Closed. We thought it was funny, but yeah. we, we did freak people out like we thought we did, but they didn't think it was a funny freak out, apparently, because <laughs> everybody's like, you scared me, you know? And I'm like, okay, but we thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We laughed at it, but I've gotten more comments about apparently our regular listeners did not think it was funny. We're sorry. We were being funny. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that I'm sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> we because, were being you know, funny it, is all that matters to David. Yeah, well, the I guess the the party is just like we sometimes we go through this long dry spell where it's like we're not getting really really getting feedback from people <laughs> from yeah. the listeners, and they were asking for like you know leave a review and you know help us out, help brother out. But then we do something like this, and they come out of the woodwork. I'm like, oh, it takes this. We have to rattle your cage <laughs> to get you to, to do something. Well, even then, though, it was just like there was just, just a frozen moment before anybody started saying anything. It was almost like they were mad. Don't get yeah. mad at us, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I got an email. I think it might have been Chris Dix, a listener in Florida, that emailed me right after it came out. Or, it was either an email or a phone call because I I'd spoke with him about a project not long after that. And he, he was like, dude, <laughs> I was extremely worried when I saw the title of that show. <laughs> well, the and, title and then the way we started and, you know, yeah, just being yeah, reminiscent. That. You know, so yeah, I've gotten some comments about that. So yep. anyway, we thought we were funny and it will <laughs> not stop us from trying to be funny again. Yes, if we can find something else to rattle your cage, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. from the mundane, right? Yeah, mundane. We have to have a break from it. Neither one of us are good at the mundane. No. And speaking of, you know, rattling people's cages, today's topic is five uses and disclosure rules. And some of these you'll probably disagree with, and we don't care. 
<laughs> but we're going to tell you why. You're going to hear some of these, and you're going to be like, "Wait, what? Wait a minute." Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, and so we'll get into it. We will explain. We will explain. <laughs> yeah, Lucy will explain. Yeah, but before we do that, where are you going to be at, Donna? Well, let's see. Uh, this comes out uh, July nineteenth. So uh, next, uh, shortly after that, I start uh, a four-day, one-hour session uh, event with. Format approved their HIPAA officer course that got me coming in and being the presenter of the information of the course. I'm not writing the course, but I get to try to make it my own. So we'll see how we do. And uh, you can get a discount uh, on it if you use the code GRINDLE20. Go sign up. There's a link on the uh, show notes page. But the Format approved HIPAA course, July 24th, 25th. 31st and August 1st. It's been four wonderful hours listening to me talk about HIPAA. Then on August the 8th, I'm going to be in Dalton, Georgia. So I'm doing a few things up there, meeting with some clients, doing some workforce training, but I'm also speaking at the North Georgia MGMA chapter. And then September the 26th, I'm going to Memphis, And I'm talking uh, at the conference for the Tennessee Ambulatory Surgical Center Association. And I'm really looking forward to that because I spoke with the Georgia-South Carolina one. And uh, that was really interesting and a lot of fun. So those are the things. I got some other things, but I don't think they're public things. So I'm doing something in Chicago, a couple of things up there. And I think those are invitation only. So... I better keep my mouth shut about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't give it all away. Uh, yeah. I'm not in charge. You know, uh, I show up when people tell me. So, yeah. anyhow, that is that. That is that. All right. Well, if you like today's episode, please review the podcast. We haven't had any reviews in a while. It's The listenership is going up a lot, but we need some reviews so other people can find it. So, you know, help a brother out. Go <laughs> leave a review. <laughs> All right. So before we get into today's topic, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Did you know that 83% of healthcare organizations report a strong negative impact to their bottom line after a data breach? So many doctors think that they're HIPAA compliant have nothing to worry about. Many of those organizations thought the same thing before it happened to them. Call Cardin today at 678-292-5001 so they can assess your practice and help ensure you are protected and prepared. Visit CardinHQ.com to learn more. Cybercrime is a multi-billion dollar industry and growing. How confident are you that your computer network can withstand a cyber attack? Can you afford to take the chance that what you have today will protect you? Call us and find out if the cybersecurity in your business is something you should be concerned about or if you can rest easy knowing your business is protected. Visit us online at securityfirstit.com. That's securityfirstit.com. And schedule a time to talk. All right, so let's dive into the five uses and disclosure rules. Donna. David. This is where you... (laughs) talk. (laughs) (laughs) This is where you tell me what the rules are. (laughs) 
Well, <clears throat> interestingly enough, because you know, I come up with all these different workforce training because that's one of the things that we do is we go on site and I do you know hour trainings, I do half day trainings. It just varies based on our clients' uh, needs, and so. I do the training class that I've been doing for a lot of our clients, you know, because we go every year, uh, at least once. Some of them we do quarterly. So I have to come up with some new material, if you will. And one that I'm using a lot this year is about protecting PHI. And a a part of it has to do with, uh, I call it five myths, but it gets confusing when you say it's a myth and then you say what's right and wrong. So this one we're going to use is five rules. And um, they're very specific. And what's interesting is that a room full of people that have had my training for years still are bothered when I point these things out. (laughs) They're like, wait a minute. I don't think so. So, you know, they're very specific things, and trust me, they should be in your policies and procedures and have them in your training. And we're actually just the level of questions, because, you know, a lot of times they ask questions because it's about, you know, quote, somebody else, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but they ask questions a lot, and the best part that I see is – you know, when you see the heads drop and they start writing notes all of a sudden. And uh, so that's cute. But <laughs> at any rate, first, let's talk about when you can do uh, uses and disclosures, what the default rules are. And okay. you know this, David, don't you? Yep. TPO. There you go. <laughs> TPO. And I, I still have a problem with the, the, uh, the whole TPO thing because... I was a huge fan back in the day of a band called La Tigra. And they had a song called TKO, and it's been in my head since 2004 when it came out. And I used to play it like really loud when I was writing code or something. And uh, so, but it's called TKO, and they go, TKO! So uh, if you know the song, now it can be stuck in your head every time you hear TPO. Uh, and if not, there's a link and, you know, go get it stuck in your head. It's pretty fun. <laughs> but treatment, payment, healthcare operations. Those are the yep. reasons if your job includes one of those activities, then you are allowed to look at patients of your entity. Not just mm-hmm. any patient, but patients of your entity and your job, you are doing treatment, payment, healthcare operations. Yeah, but I think we have to define treatment, payment, and healthcare operations. <laughs> yeah, so on on the webpage, you can get like the official statement that's in the law that defines specifically what the law says. But generally, treatment means that you're caring for the patient. You know, mm-hmm. you're coordinating the care, you're managing, you know, with providers or third parties, you're doing a consult, uh, office visit, uh, you're referring from one provider to another, you're actively involved in the continuum of care. So I can't bring them like a sucker and then say I treated them. <laughs> and look in the chart. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I gave you a treat. There you go. 
Yeah, now I can look in your chart. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when your kids and drive through the bank back in the day and you get those little suckers that had the tiny little thing that was a circle in it, you know, the little, well, you're probably too young for that. But anyway, we all got suckers, little feet sticking out, a whole row of us getting suckers because they would take all the kids when they drove through the bank because then they didn't have to buy that many suckers. So... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, payment. Your, fam- your family's the one that kept like going through round and round and round. Well, there were a lot of us, so yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to deposit this dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should see when we had to go to school, you know, and you had to go get your <laughs> vaccinations and stuff. Just the line here they go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so payment. Payment uh, is can be either from the, the insurance company because they're taking payment for the benefits and the provision of benefits. And then you, of course, get the reimbursement for the provision of care, the treatment parts. And But they do get very specific on you can look at eligibility, you can do risk adjustment. Do, you know, it's very specific into the, the details of payment. But we're not going to dive into that uh, today. And then uh, healthcare operations is what I call it the stuff you have to do to run the business mm-hmm. that you're you're participating in, the reviews, the reporting, legal stuff, your audits, you know, all all of the other kind of compliance programs. If you're doing OSHA or any of these other things. Business associates, you know, they may be doing audits of their own stuff. And so you never know, but you should be doing caring for the patient work or handling a payment for the care or running the business whenever you are working with patient data. And those patients have to be ones that are your patients. And I say this because so many people have access to health information exchanges and the total health system is connected and all this kind of stuff. Right. But it should be part of your job anytime you should be actively working, doing TPO to look at a patient record. It's that easy. One would think. Mm. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. And most basic training that you see where they go to, you know, I watched a video or everybody sits through their boring HIPAA training, which I'd like to point out, we are not boring HIPAA mm-hmm. training. You know, and they'll talk about TPO, but they don't, you know, they don't go any further than that. And this is where I've learned that there is a distinct difference when you take it to this step and you say, here are five rules you may not understand because we say that first one. Has to be doing TPO. Here's what TPO. You know, we do that part. But come after that and you add, I cannot look at my family members' records just because Mm. I want to. That one usually gets a lot of shock faces and heads drop and scribbling going on. Just because they're your family doesn't give you authority to review anything in their records. Just because you have access to it and you know them, that doesn't mean they don't have patient rights like everybody else. So unless you're involved in TPO for your family, then you shouldn't be looking at their records for any reason whatsoever. You follow the same rules for your own family that you would follow for other families. Right. And, you know, it doesn't matter. 
And everybody's like, well, how am I supposed to deal with such and such? My kid, like any other patient, the same way. Mm -hmm. You act like a patient when you're a patient. I bet this happens a lot. Oh, yeah. Based on the, you know, big eyes and all this other stuff. And see, I lead up to this by pointing out they're legally obligated to protect patient records no matter who the patient is, if we have the data and, you know, that we have to do sanctions and all this kind of stuff. And then we go through this and all of a sudden you get some big eyes, you know, and flushed faces and leaning over and mumbling. So there's a lot of stuff that happens when we talk about this. Um, And one question I almost always get is, well, what about family members making an appointment? You know, I had somebody tell me that they called to make an appointment and somebody actually told them that you can't make an appointment for your father because of HIPAA. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't you even get me one started. for your dog either. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got, it's just crazy. You know, <laughs> blaming HIPAA for everything. You know, sheets. Any, I mean, it's crazy. So. Yeah. At any rate, the important thing is what we're talking about is not those things where you're providing, you're participating in the care. But again, you act like a patient. You follow the same path as a patient would. It's just maybe you're able to look at the schedule a little bit more. They'll let you actually look at the screen because, you know, but I I think that you should follow the exact same path as a patient. You know, maybe you don't have to go through all of the phone calls and you don't have to call only during office hours because you can yell across the <laughs> across the room, hey, can you make an appointment for me? You know, if you don't care about your own privacy. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at any rate, you should follow what other patients do when it comes to dealing with your family. Just because your family is in the system doesn't mean you can, you know, do that. Because if you're not, treatment, payment, operations. Bam. Yep. Rule number one. Where about yourself? Yo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you drive. All right. So rule number two takes that the step further. The next logical step is I cannot look at my own records. Okay. So don't worry about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you can't mind your own business, apparently. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but again, and somebody actually stood up out of their chair and said, how am I supposed to look at my records then? I was like, like every other patient. Yeah. Go through the process. <laughs> yeah. The same access other patients get. And it might be helpful for you to go through that so that you understand what's happening to your patients. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. But, you know, let's go through it again. Are you treating yourself? <laughs> if you're If you're involved with self-treatment, I bet you there's some malpractice policy people that would like to know about it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, treating others on your own, that's really something, yeah, it happens a lot in healthcare. And, and you know, call in your own refill and stuff like that. It's not good. It's really not a good idea. But there's mm-hmm. a long list of reasons you shouldn't be treating yourself, at least at the office, through the practice. <laughs> if you want right. to go home and do a neti pot, you go right ahead. But don't do it through the medical connections that you have. You don't treat yourself. 
Yeah. I know when I was in college, we had a lot of people that did their own pharmaceutical treatments. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, you know, and we're getting back to the ability to do that. So, anyways, uh, the uh, next thing is, are you handling your own payment? I don't know, David, as a, as a business owner, I would frown upon people handling their payments on their own accounts because conflict of interest. Can you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody might decide to, you know, move the decimal a little bit or something. Who knows? Well, and it's not just that. It's that you, you always want to be above reproach. Oh, yeah. You know? So I believe, and, and especially in healthcare. Because we just talked about how much fraud went on in a, a mm -hmm. recent episode and how much they've recovered, like over $2 billion every year for the last nine years of fraud and abuse in the healthcare system. Mm. So this would be another reason to be above reproach yeah. is I'm not processing my own payments. Yeah, you don't want to have to explain something you did down the road. If you're like me, I don't remember what I did yesterday. So if you ask me, <laughs> you ask me what I did last year, I'm like, I don't know what I did. <laughs> exactly. So it's not that I think everybody's going to, you know, cheat. It's that I don't want it to even be questioned. Right. Yep. So handling your own payments, you should treat it just like every other patient has to do. Mm -hmm. And then... Are you accessing your own information to run the business under healthcare operations? Basically, see above. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, again, this is a long list of reasons you shouldn't be, you know, it might occur incidentally. You know, I know of cases where the administrator, their family members are being treated or they, you know, at the same facility and there's a problem with insurance and they regularly review problems with insurance and they may see their own stuff or their family stuff, but it's rare. And when mm -hmm. it occurs, you expect them to do something to make sure they are not making those very hard decisions about their own stuff. Right. So anybody that this is, what did you say in the beginning? You may disagree, but... It's our job to tell you what the law says. <laughs> <laughs> and the law says, based on what we just reviewed, you should not look at your own records any other way. You should act like any other patient. Yeah. Sounds simple enough. Yeah. Which then brings us to another thing. And I've literally seen this happen. Mm -hmm. Just because somebody tells you it's okay, you still cannot look at their records. So, like, if I tell you it's okay, you still can't look at my records. Right, because okay. Cause, cause we have heard of times where the doctor says it's okay mm -hmm. <laughs> to look at somebody else's records or the supervisor says it's okay, but it's still not necessarily okay. Right. If you're, if you're being told to do something outside what you know to be TPO, then, yeah, just because somebody else tells you that or just because... Your sister says it's okay for you to look at your records. That doesn't mean that rule number one or two goes out the door. Yeah. Yeah. But Donna, can you look up my stuff while you're at work? <laughs> T tell me what kind of funk I got. <laughs> yeah. Can you see when my lab report's going to come in? I can yeah. tell the, the people that should be doing it, ask them to do it, and to let you know. That I can do. But I cannot do it myself unless that would have been my job anyway. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, and I've actually heard this that that people claim that they told them about the HIPAA. <laughs> <laughs> And all you needed was to give them a paper saying it was okay for me to look. So unless you're personally in charge of managing authorizations and making these decisions, you don't know enough about the HIPAA papers to know what is and isn't allowed. I assure you, it's way more complicated than most people think. That's why you should focus on treatment payment operations so you don't have to go down all the other rabbit holes. Yeah, because we do hear people say, well, if, if, if a patient wants to waive their HIPAA rights, if they want to say you can email me something unencrypted or you can tell me about something, you know, whatever, I think they group that into this category. Mm-hmm. But that again is I have to be doing TPO first. Second, it's, and most of the time where I'm doing this is that, well, my sister told me it was okay to look at her records. You know, well, you told yourself it was okay to look at yours, and I just told you that's not okay. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, there's there's cases where, you know, spouses work at a company and everybody comes to see this doctor, so you just help your spouse out when he calls or she calls or they call. And, it, it, you know, it, there's a lot of areas so it should always follow the normal protocol. You don't get the, hey, you know, I don't care if you see my stuff, and that gets around all the HIPAA rules. So you can't just say, okay, well, they, they sent me a note or they signed this at my house at the kitchen table. <laughs> hmm. And so that means I'm free and clear. No, it doesn't. If you don't understand how to evaluate a patient authorization form to confirm that it is correct, then you probably don't understand how to do this stuff. So let it be, and you can't just say, well, I'm not allowed to look at it unless you tell me it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's much better to not look at it than to explain later why you did. Uh You know, the only time that any of this changes is emergency situations. And it's actually like emergency situations that have to do with the care of the patient because patient care comes first. It does not mean I got to get in touch with so-and-so because I need their help at the school lunch tomorrow. You know, (laughs) no, that's not an emergency. We're talking about a healthcare emergency. And even then, it's the people in charge of privacy and security that should be making those decisions, not you as an individual. Unless Mm -hmm. you've been trained in all this stuff, unless you truly understand it, it's not going to, it's way more complicated. Just trust us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're seeing these things from uh, a different perspective because I think people often may not realize that you're involved in cases where these things are in court. So it's not just, hey, I read this and this is my interpretation. You're saying that these are the things I see people getting in trouble for. Yeah, they're literally court cases that deal with these kinds of things happening. Mm -hmm. That I decide that this is an emergency, so I'm now allowed to look at this thing. Well, no, that's not how you handle it. And people get in trouble because they're not trained. They're not training their staff. They're saying there are times in an emergency where you can do this. So then that just opens up the floodgate for everybody to decide there's an emergency 
So they're going to use that as an excuse. What you should be training them is, you know, I mean, we're talking about a life or death kind of situation. There's proper protocols to follow. If you think someone is in danger, you notify the police. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. look up the records and notify somebody's ex-wife. If you think that there is a possibility that somebody's having a problem with their medication or whatnot. You know, we got a question from a listener that said, I work in a pharmacy and I have some concern about a particular patient and their medication. Is it okay for me to talk to the doctor who's prescribing it? Yes, it is, because that's the continuum of care. Mm-hmm. But if your friend says, hey, I'm worried about so-and-so, can you look up what drugs they're doing? No, you can't, because that's not involving the continuum of care. You say you should probably talk to their doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, Call their doctor. You're allowed to call their doctor and say, I have this concern, and I just want to let you know. Doctor has to decide what to do with it from there, not you. Right. So, which brings us to number four. Mm-hmm. Now, when I share this, this is the one that gets the IT company owners goat, <laughs> if you will. Get ruffled up. <laughs> you know, I don't have to train about minimum uses and disclosures. We don't use the patient information. We don't look at it. The only time we might see it is if we're working on somebody's desktop and they have a patient record open. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you haven't trained your people to worry about these rules that we've just talked about. You know, you've told them about TPO, but that's it. And you told them that once a year for the last two years, if you're lucky in some of these cases. Mm -hmm. So they do then see a record as part of their job because, you know, it was okay for them to see the record in the first place because they were providing healthcare operations, which is, They were supporting the use of equipment. And then on the screen was information for their neighbor. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that part, we're good. It's what happens after that part that you don't realize what people do. And the training that a lot of people get in this very basic TPO training would not address the fact that you can't then the next time you see your neighbor say, hey, I had no idea you saw Dr. X. When did you have cancer? Mm-hmm. You know, or I saw that your record up on the screen at so-and-so's office. You never for the rest of your life mentioned that you knew this, period. That's true. And, you know, you think about that one, David. I mean, your your staff gets <laughs> gets trained by us, so... The yeah. twos of us, you know, but you could see that happening easy, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, even even with as much training as we do, I still can see somebody doing that, you know, because you have to constantly remind them. And, you know, we're not uh, we're not in the TPO world, um, so to speak. We're in the well, IT in world. The o. Yeah, we're in the O, but we're not, you know, we're focusing on, uh, you know, security and IT and all that. So the employees don't often think of it as we're providing operations stuff for a client. They just don't see it. They don't make that connection. So you have to constantly remind them that if you see things on the screen and you, you can't say anything ever about it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we try to 
we we try to get them to say, look, when you if you log in and you happen to see something on the screen, then you need to like minimize your login, call the person and say, you need to get that off the screen so I can log back in and, and, and help you from there. So or, you know, sometimes you have to see it because the problem is what only happens when I bring up this patient. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, fortunately, we don't we don't have that problem very often mm-hmm. because we don't um, support directly support the EHR platforms, but it can still happen. Well, and there are IT companies that do. Oh, yeah, there are. But, you know, it's not just IT. It's also anybody the office, I could be doing my job and see information about someone I know. Mm-hmm. That does not mean I can ever mention that to anyone. Yeah. And then there's people who obviously don't even realize what vendors have access to their information. I know, right? You know, and there's people it's, that, like, I can't print. And so I call the copier company and, and they say, well, let me remote in to your machine. And then they just let them do it. Mm-hmm. And then in the meantime, they're looking at everything that's there, and then they may mention it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know it, that from time to time, it's like, why do you have yeah. go to meeting, team viewer, and log me in? What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, copy your company needs this one. Some other company needs that one. I'm like, for what? <laughs> yeah. It, and then it, they're it, set up. Yeah. Then they're set up for persistent access, which is another thing that scares me. Like, yeah, why they do you just need any time? Right. Why do they need persistent access? <laughs> Great. (laughs) Yeah. So there are times where you see things that are part of TPO, but just because you see it as part of TPO doesn't mean that you can do things with it outside of TPO. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that you can't see it in the first place, but if you are allowed to see it, that's all you can do with it. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. Stuck in your brain. Hmm? Stuck in your brain. Can't come out. (laughs) I know it's TKO. You know, that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we stuck in your yeah. head. You we just need one of those like men in black pens. So every time you see patient information, just <laughs> oh, there you go. That would work. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. So there you have the case where, yeah, you're following the rules from a TPO perspective, and then people don't truly understand what that knowledge means because. They f- don't. They don't look at it from that forever. I will never mention this perspective, and that includes if you leave your job. Mm-hmm. You you know. So this is a really important one to discuss because the others. Oh well, I never look at anybody's. I don't look at my own. I don't, and then you get to this one. It's like, well, wait, what? Mm-hmm. You know, forever. So yeah, just think of it as the men in black pen. So that will help you in the long run trust me mm-hmm. and uh then number five we're at the end yeah i cannot just get the address or phone number of a friend relative co-worker from their records oh i need so-and-so's number can you look it up over there were you just looking there and get because i'm going in there just to get the number it's okay yeah i'm not looking at the the health information i've heard that before yeah yeah well the reason you have access to it is because there's health information yeah i've heard it guys say this like yeah you know it's just their name and address and phone number it's not like their health information <laughs> like okay you know that's uh, you know tied to health information so yeah maybe you, you have access to it yeah it's okay i i didn't do i didn't look at their ehr 
Right. You know what? Before we had electronic health records, HIPAA still applied to all the billing information because the demographics could have other things in it. You ain't got no business. If somebody wants you to have their phone number, it's up to them to get it to you. Mm -hmm. You find some other way to get a name or address unless you're doing TPO, period. Here's one for you. I've heard people say that if it, as long as it's patient information that's not in the EHR, then it doesn't apply. Again, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it from the EHR, so it's okay. I got it from the billing system. It's okay. Right. right. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. You figure out how to make that argument in court with what we just took you through on TPO. So, no. Everything that ties healthcare information to an individual or within reason, you know, close to that individual is considered PHI. And if it's considered PHI, you're done. And billing records are PHI. Demographic records are PHI. If you you have to remove the name and address to uh, have any chance of de-identifying information. You can't leave the name and address and phone number in there. So therein lies the problem with thinking that the EHR is the only part that is PHI. That is absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. It is not true. We had HIPAA that applied to electronic records before we had bazillion EHRs on the market. So... Wrong. She speaks the truth. <laughs> she speaks the truth. <laughs> and this applies, uh, and, and here's where I see this really uh, violated, if you will, is that the these fully integrated health systems let me look at patients that aren't our patients and still applies. I can't look up in some of these health system records just because I have access to it. I can't go to the hospital and download my records. It still applies. I would not have access to that information except for my job. So if I'm not doing part of my job, then I shouldn't be doing that. That's just it. That's just it. You're done. And what I really enjoyed, it was a conversation with a, a vendor who did a, a statement services, we'll just say, And they were going to meet with a big prospect. And it was very possible that some provider that the people they were going to meet with was already sending them statements out of this vendor system. And they thought, boy, wouldn't it be cool if we could look and see if they're in there and say, what do you think of the statements? Mm -hmm. And then because they are, you know, working with us, they're like, boy, it'd be nice, but we can't do it. We know we can't do it. That's not TPO. Right. Yeah, that would uh, not go well. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that was, you know, a case where they told me about it because, you know, this is an area we never thought about is that this was be, I have access to all this data that I could use for something else. I'm not going to use it to, I'm going to use it to sell them something. Yeah, like Facebook. I know, right? (laughs) This is not, we're not playing that in that same uh, uh, sandbox. So there you go. There are your five, David. There are your five. 
Yep. So, but it's important too when people talk about some of these things. You know, like you mentioned, people get training on TPO, and this is what you can do, and all that. But sometimes they don't talk about what you can't do. And mm-hmm. I think this is where this is this conversation today is valuable in that you know let's talk about what you can't do and what really TPO means to you. So, good episode. If David does say so himself. And I do say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, remember to follow us and share us out on your favorite social media. Rate our podcast, please. That's all we charge you. Just a rating. (laughs) Just five And for those of you who have been doing the uh, little reviews on Facebook and and LinkedIn and and saying, hey, uh, I listened to the Help Me With Help podcast and how awesome it is, and you reference us in post, we greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So as always, remember for Donna and myself, the HIPAA is not about compliance. It's about patient care. You've been listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast, hosted by Donna Grendel and David Sims, the show created to help you with HIPAA. For more information or to ask us a question, visit our website at helpmewithhipaa.com. Neither Donna Grendo or David Sims are attorneys, and they do not offer binding legal advice concerning regulatory compliance. The information in this podcast should not be relied upon or construed as legal advice in any way. Consult your attorney for legal advice concerning compliance with HIPAA regulations.